Welcome to the Fantasy Football Genius, where winning isn't everything, it's the genius thing. Stay tuned if you want to crush your fantasy football goals. Happy Friday. Hopefully everybody's having a fantastic day. Training camp across the league has begun for all the teams. Battles are happening. Positions are being won. We're finding out who is going to be the stars this year. We're going to find out that and much more as the preseason and training camp continues on. More information we hear. Hopefully we avoid the big injuries. Hopefully we avoid the holdouts. We'll talk about that and much more on today's podcast. Today it's the solo version. Chris is out on vacation. Hopefully he's having a fantastic time, enjoying his time before the real work happens, before the season begins for us and we start to really put our feet in the ground and and, uh, help you guys out and win your leagues. So let's go ahead and jump right on to the podcast. That's right, you're going to get the genius himself alone today. We're going to jump right on into it and not waste any time today. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about a few players, Melvin Gordon, Ezekiel Elliott, um, Michael Thomas, players that have not shown up yet for camp. Are they going to sit out? Are they going to uh, hold out for an extended amount of time? What's going to happen with them? We'll also talk about a couple injuries that happened recently in, in camp. Both of them happened for the New York Giants. Their offense already is not as great as um, others in the league. Obviously, they're, they're not going to be one of the stronger offenses in the league. You can't lose players early, um, especially when you're looking to, to draft someone so high like Saquon Barkley. You need to try to have as much talent as you can on, the, on that team to kind of take away from some of the uh, seven, eight-man fronts you might see. Now that we're going to see some receivers out, Corey Coleman and Sterling Shepard looking like they're going to miss a significant amount of time with their injuries. That's going to affect, I believe, uh, Saquon Barkley. So I'm going to, I'm, I may be dropping him down to my rankings. Look for an updated version of the rankings on the site this weekend. I'm also going to talk about some tight end sleepers. If you can't get one of the top three tight ends, which I'm usually not the ones to go for those early tight ends and drafts. I like to go running backs by receivers, as I've talked about in the past. So if you can't get one of those top three, what kind of tight ends am I looking for? Last year it was George Kittle. I'll give you my George Kittle call this year, who I think is going to be bursting onto the scene and might become a household name before we know it. I think he's starting to become a household name. A lot of people are talking about him, and I think for good reason that we're talking about this guy that I'm going to talk about later on in, in the tight ends. little teaser, a um, couple star players left of that team. That might give it away, but a couple star players left the team. Now we're going to see a lot more uh, targets going this tight end's way in that offense. And we're going to close out the podcast with questions from you, the followers. I sent a thing on, on Instagram yesterday talking about send me your questions. They can be fantasy related. They can be strategy related. Whatever kind of questions you have, for fantasy football, send them. I'll try to go into them on detail. When we do this on a weekly basis, I don't have a whole lot of time to um, give you my answers. So this way I can kind of go in more of it in detail. I may not be able to hit all of them, but I'll do as many as I possibly can. So listen, if it's close to what question you're asked, listen up and, and, and see, see my answer. If you, have a, a, if you want a little more uh, information on that question, feel free to hit me a, a note on Instagram. I'm, I'm more than happy to reply to you and chat fantasy football. Love it. Absolutely love it. I may not get to it right away, with as busy we are, but I will try to get to it as, po- as quickly as possible and as many as qu- as I possibly can. First up on the podcast today, let's talk about our draft kit and our um, in-season specials going on. We still have the draft kit available with drafts not uh, most drafts not starting until late August. 
It's time to get your draft kit, time to get prepared for your, for your drafts. I got plenty of stuff in that draft kit. Sleepers, deep sleepers, ranking. Uh, I, I put them in tiers, not rankings. Uh, we have uh, uh, depth charts. We have plenty of stuff in that draft kit that can get, help you get prepared for your drafts, help you dominate your, your league that you're in, and at least be prepared so that when you enter the season, you have all the right pieces in place and you can help yourself throughout the season by – just keep it on top of things. It doesn't, end, it doesn't end on draft night. You have to make sure you pay attention and you're listening to what's going on throughout the season. That's what I'm going to help you do. I'm going to help you on a weekly basis. Speaking of weekly basis, we also have our in-season packages available. Week one's just over a month away. We're going to have in-season, uh, we're going to have weekly specials and season, uh, full season packages available for both DFS and season-long leagues. If you're into both of them, we'll have a combo package. We're also doing a Masterminds chat session. That's right. You're going to uh, have a, me in your back pocket this year. If, you ever, if you're having problems with your team, go ahead and send them over to me if you're part of that Mastermind chat session. I'll take a look at your team. We'll set the best team you can. Even if it's just a question, I'll get back to your question within 24 hours. Going to do a lot more on this Mastermind, so I'm not going to be able to answer a whole lot on Instagram this year like I did last year. I'll still get to as many as I possibly can, but I'm going to have to put a lot of my attention to that Mastermind chat session. So if you're interested, if I helped you out last year, make sure you sign up for that package this year, and then you'll have me in your back pocket to... To help dominate throughout the season, to kind of make if a trade kind of looks iffy to you, I could help you kind of talk it through and figure out what that trade is helping you and how it's how it's hurting you. That kind of stuff. Plenty of stuff we can do this year to help you become a better fantasy football player. Melvin Gordon. Let's go ahead and jump right on into the Melvin Gordon news. He is sitting out. Sounds like he is going to wait until he gets that contract extension. He was a big backer of Le'Veon Bell last year. He backed him on, on and, and I have no issues with Gordon sitting out. I didn't have an issue with Bell sitting out last year. These players have to kind of get theirs when they can. But at the same time, these teams are likely not going to be signing these running backs to a deep, uh, big payday because that running back position is the one that doesn't last as long as other positions. They, it, it's a limited amount of time that, that they get out of the running position. There's injuries you see at the running back position. It's just something as a team perspective, you just don't see teams um, willing to spend that kind of money on players, especially at running backs. They're going to they're gonna spend that money on quarterbacks and uh, pass rushers, maybe wide receivers, players that, that, that they know can stay a little more healthier. The running back just, I mean, it's, it's, it's a position that in years past just does not last beyond, say, the five, six-year mark. Once they hit that mark, they start to see a decline in their production just because of all the hits, all the bumps, all the bruises they see. And if for me, I don't see the Chargers paying the money that Melvin Gordon's going to want on his contract. I think someone is going to do that out there, like the Jets did with Le'Veon Bell. Someone's going to pay Gordon. Maybe we see him get traded before the trade deadline. Maybe we see him in, in a new roster this year. I just don't see the Chargers doing it, especially with Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler there. They have two capable backs that we saw last year come in when he was down, and they were able to fill the hole that he left there when he was injured. And I just don't see the Chargers uh, looking to spend that kind of money on a position that maybe they're not going to get more than uh, four or five years out of. They can spend that money elsewhere. They can spend it on pass rushers, on, a, on quarterbacks. I mean, Phillip Rivers is, eight, is getting up there in age. They're going to have to start looking for that next franchise quarterback there in, in, in Los Angeles. And I just don't see Gordon getting that long-term deal. I could be totally wrong on this. I think he's a fantastic talent. But, again, these running backs have a, have a, uh, a limited time frame in, in the NFL playing at the highest level just because of the hits and the bruises that they take. I just don't see Gordon getting that contract that he's wanting, that he that he's wants the Chargers to give him. 
And if that's the case, I am absolutely going to be targeting Austin Eckler in a lot of drafts. I'm going to be targeting Justin Jackson late in drafts. Hopefully we hear some concrete news on Gordon, but I think it's going to be a much more uh, uh, like a Le'Veon Bell. We're just going to have to assume that he's going to be missing time. And for me, I wasn't very, very high on Gordon as a first-round pick in the first place. I was higher on players early in, 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 in the first round over Gordon just because of what they offer, my draft strategy, and so on and so forth. And we look at Gordon, who has missed time throughout his NFL career, just by the way he plays, the way he—I mean, he, he's a phenomenal talent. Don't get me wrong, but I just have, wasn't sold on him as a first-round talent, just because of missing time, and also because of the players behind him. Are they going to? Uh, were they going to give them a little more looks during games? Were they going to? Were we going to have this contract issue because he's coming up on the end of his contract? There's just a lot of stuff that's kind of f- fell into place for me that made me think maybe he wasn't worth the first-round pick, and now he's absolutely not worth the first-round pick, in my opinion. I'm not. Not going to spend a second round pick on him. I'm going to let someone else take Melvin Gordon. And if I lose out on on a top talent, on a the best running back in football, maybe at the end, end of the season, if he if he starts week one and I miss out and he's the number one overall running back, I'm willing to, to take that chance just because I'm not willing to have the same situation happen with Gordon that we saw last year with Le'Veon Bell. Another player that we see. Um, might be looking to sit out Ezekiel Elliott. I think this situation is a little different than Melvin Gordon. Same thing. I think when we look at running backs, it's hard to pay top dollar to the position just because you're looking at limited amount of time that you get out of running back, especially when you're uh, a top-tier talent like Elliott who sees the ball as much as he can and, and Gordon, the same thing. The amount of, amount of time they touch the ball in the games, it, it just wears and tears on your body. But the Cowboys need Elliott more than the Chargers need Gordon because of who's in their backfield. As I talked about Gordon, Gordon has Eckler. Gordon has Justin Jackson behind him. Elliott doesn't have the same kind of talent behind him. Tony Pollard's there. He's fine and all, but I don't think he's going to be able to step in there and, and keep this team rolling. We know the Dallas Cowboys have championship um, expectations this year and without Elliott on the in the on the team on the football field those expectations are going to be lowered a lot because of what he brings to the field not only is he one of the best if not the best running back in football what he does out of the backfield as a pass catcher he showed last year that he's improved on that and he's gotten better and better as his career has gotten and, and we're also looking at a player that has two years remaining on his contract and not looking at the contract year so I think the Cowboys and Elliott do come to a an agreement at some point and even if he's not going to have the contract right now I think both sides are going to find a way to get Elliott on the field maybe he misses a game or two and we've seen in the past with uh, Emmett Smith a long time ago with the Cowboys they are willing to um, sign their players uh, even even though they start the year out missing a couple games they're willing to look at those contracts and during the season and get them signed. And if that happens, I think that it's going to happen again with Elliott. Maybe he misses a couple games, but I'm still treating Elliott as a top three pick in my personal opinion. I still have him as number two overall. I'm likely going to have CMC as my number one overall pick now with the news that I'll talk about later on the Giants for Saquon Barkley. But I still like Elliott as a top three pick. I still think he's going to be there come week one. Worst case scenario, I think he might miss a couple games. But I think come week one, Elliott will be there. They'll get something situation. They'll, they'll either get a contract extended or they'll at least have it um, in the verbal kind of talking about they're going to talk about it in the offseason when it really is officially that, that you really need to start looking at the contract extension next year, not this year. Yesterday we heard about Sterling Shepard um, with a fractured thumb. Sounds like with that kind of injury, we're probably looking at four to six weeks. 
maybe that maybe that drops him a little bit in the ADPs, and that, that I'm fine with. I was I'm very high on Sterling Shepard. I still like Shepard as a as a as a pick in fantasy leagues this year. Fractures them, I th- you can come back from. You're going to miss a few games. You're going to miss a few weeks. Maybe that drops him down in the ADPs. I'm I'm fine with that. The big news that we're hearing is Corey Coleman. I think Coleman was the player that we could look at as a deep sleeper on the Giants' offense. Um, I liked him in Cleveland. Now he's in New York, and we know the Giants need. Uh, wide receivers there with Odell Beckham in Cleveland now. So I was high on Corey Coleman as possibly a deep sleeper, possibly someone that we can look at as maybe a bye week replacement. Maybe he turns into a better player down the road, but at least someone that you can have like a lottery ticket. And I talk about lottery tickets a lot, that where you take gambles on lottery tickets that maybe turn out something down the road. And Corey Coleman was going to be one of those lottery tickets that I was going to look at. He suffered an ACL ACL injury. Sounds like he's going to miss the entire season. Tough news for the Giants. Tough news for Corey Coleman. Tough news for players that were maybe looking at drafting late like myself. I think this affects Saquon Barkley a little bit. I, um, people were worried about a 7-8 man front in that offense. I wasn't too worried because I, because I thought with Sterling Shepard, and again I talked about Corey Coleman, I think Corey Coleman was going to be able to get in there and kind of help that offense as well. But when you're going to miss two big names like that, two big keys to the offense, maybe for us a, uh, a few weeks, and with Coleman cases for the entire season, it's going to affect the entire offense. The defenses are going to be able to key on the ground game a little more. Maybe that opens up things a little more for Evan Ingram at the tight end position, but I'm, but I'm going to have to, I believe, look at it a little more and drop Barkley down to my rankings. I officially, I did have him as number one overall, but I think I'm going to drop him down to three behind McCaffrey and Elliott just with this news here. I think Barkley is still a fantastic player. I think no matter what you do with the first five picks, I think the Barkley, the Elliotts, the McCaffreys, the Kamaras, the David Johnsons, those players are going to absolutely have great seasons. No matter which one you go with in those top five picks, you're going to have a great year. So it's not like we're going to see a bust out of Saquon Barkley by any means, but I think for me, I'm going to go with Ezekiel Elliott and McCaffrey over Barkley right now as it sits right now. Again, a lot of stuff can happen later on uh, during preseason, during training camp, but right now I'm looking at McCaffrey number one, Elliott number two, and dropping Barkley down to number three with the recent injury news for the Giants. Moving on to the tight end. Oh, one, one last player to talk about, um, Michael Thomas. He did not show up at the New Orleans Saints training camp to start training camp. That's a little uh, – came out of blue. I wasn't expecting that to happen. Now we're hearing he's not going to be there. That's another information we're going to have to keep an eye on. I haven't dug into that too much just yet. As it sits now, I'm going to keep Thomas um, where he's at. I think the Saints do want to make sure he's in camp. They do want to make sure he's there for week one, obviously. So I think they're going to also get the job done with him. I think of the three, Elliott and Thomas, I think we can still keep where they're at. For me, it's definitely Gordon that I'm going to be keeping off my rosters. If he's there in the third round, I think Gordon you have to take in the third round just because of what he can do. But he's not going to be there. Someone's going to take him in the first or second round just because of name value, just because of what, like last year with Le'Veon Bell. My personal opinion is I'm not going to go Gordon in the first two rounds, maybe even the first three rounds, I may not take Gordon, but I'm keeping Elliott and Thomas where they're at currently at my rankings. And off to tight ends, the sleeper tight ends. Obviously, the top three tight ends we're looking at are Kelsey, Kittle, and Ertz. All three fantastic players. All three are going to most likely put up monster numbers this year. They're going to put up wide receiver numbers from the tight end position. If you get one of those three, you're obviously going to likely win that position on a weekly basis in your games. But for my opinion, I, I, I'm not one to take tight ends 
too high. Obviously, depending on your scoring, if tight ends get a ton of points, more than wide receivers, then maybe then obviously you're going to look at tight ends early. But my opinion is, um, if if everything's equal, I'm going to be looking at tight ends later in the drafts. I'm going to use the early drafts to fill up my running backs, wide wide receivers, maybe even take a quarterback before I take a tight end. So I'm looking at value tight ends more than I am anything else. This year, my value that I'm looking at to maybe take over like uh, to do kind of what Kittle did last year is Vance McDonald the Pittsburgh Steelers with Antonio Brown gone with Le'Veon Bell gone obviously Bell missed last year so it's not a big deal for that but with especially Brown gone there's gonna be a lot of targets in this offense they need to go somewhere obviously some are going to go to Juju Smith-Schuster some are going to go to James Washington but I think a lot of them are still going to go to Vance McDonald we're hearing from beat reporters in Pittsburgh that McDonald is earning more and more uh, respect from this offense, getting more and more looks in this offense. We saw what he did last year at times. He can actually blow up and destroy teams um, on the football field. He's a he's a he's a great talent. Coming over for the 49ers, I thought that was a mistake for the 49ers to let McDonald leave. I think he's a up-and-coming tight end. I think he could be this year's version of what George Kittle was last year, where he blew up and absolutely went nuts throughout the season. I think that's going to be McDonald this year. I'm going to be trying to get McDonald in many of my drafts. Also looking at Noah Fant, the rookie for the Denver Broncos. I think if we're looking at Fant or the Detroit Lions uh, rookie, I'm leaning Fant to have a bigger impact in uh, year one. And usually we see tight ends not have those impacts early on in year one. Usually takes them a couple years before they start to have an impact on their offense. But I think the Broncos need talent on, the, on their offense. I think they need to have players step up. And I think they start to make uh, Fant a, a, a key point in his offense. I absolutely love, love what he did in college. I think he can transfer that to the NFL in an in a instant. And I think Fant is going to have an immediate impact. And I'm looking at taking him in the middle rounds later rounds this year for its um, backup tight end. Also, I think we, we're going to see Trey Burton, a player last year that we looked at as maybe a sleeper last year. Kind of didn't, didn't have the year that we maybe thought he was going to have with the Bears. But I think this year he we, we start to see that. We start to see what kind of player Burton was. Sitting behind Ertz, he didn't have an, uh, a lot of time to kind of gel. So coming over to Chicago last year, we thought maybe that was going to be the year he was going to do it. He had some nice games, but for overall, I think he was a disappointment for a lot of owners and maybe some of those owners don't want to go that route again. I'm going to be going back to Burton. I think Burton is a talented, uh, talented player, and I think we start to see those um, rewards coming this year with Burton in this offense. I also like Mark Andrews of the Baltimore Ravens, another player that you can get in the middle, late rounds and put up decent numbers. Obviously, you're not going to likely get the numbers you're going to get from the top three, but Andrews is a player that you can plug and play mostly on a weekly basis and get decent numbers from the tight end position. Obviously, you have those four. All, all depends on where you draft, where you're drafting, where you're looking at taking your tight end. There's some different options to take for different rounds. And again, I'm going to have plenty of shares of McDonald. I think McDonald is one of those players that I'm going to be targeting heavily this year. I think he's going to make a leap, just kind of like we saw out of Kittle last year. We're going to see Kittle become one of the better tight ends over the next few years. I think McDonald's going to be making that, making that leap this year, next year. We're going to start to see what kind of player he is. And I think we need to keep an eye on Fant. Like I said, usually tight ends in their first year don't have a, a median impact, but I think Fant is going to have a median impact. may not happen in the first few, ga- free, few games. It's going to be growing pains. Maybe it's not going to happen for half the year, but maybe during your playoff, fan, your fantasy playoffs, you can rely on Fant to put up nice numbers from the tight end position that you got very late in drafts. And last, we're going to on, we're going to move on over to the questions, questions that came in from you, the followers, questions that can help you make your team better as you prepare for your drafts. We're going to jump right on into Taylor underscore Sutter 
asked if Baker Mayfield is a smart pick this year. I do like Mayfield. I think Mayfield is going to make a major leap this year. I think bringing Beckham in is going to help this offense. Becker, uh, Beckham with Jarvis Landry, with Nick Chubb, with David Njoku, with maybe Kareem Hunt uh, halfway through the season. I, don't, I, I, I think a lot of people need to lower the expectation of, of Kareem Hunt. I don't think we're going to get what people think out of Hunt. They think that maybe it's going to be a 50-50 share. I think Chubb is a star. Chubb is going to be a, a monster in this offense. Um, but I think it's going to make Baker a better player this year. He's going to have a lot of talent to throw the ball around to. And I think the Browns are going to be one of the teams that we're going to look at saying, wow, this team is a really good team for the future. And it starts with Baker Mayfield. I do like Baker Mayfield. I think he's a top five talent this year at the quarterback position with possibly top three upside. I am very high on Baker Mayfield this year that you can get a little later than some of the other quarterbacks. And it seems like he's starting to fall a little bit in the uh, – he, he, for a while there, people were really high on him, but it seems like some of the people are now are starting to fall back a little bit. So maybe he starts to fall in drafts a little bit, which is fine with me. I will take Baker and have a starting quarterback on most weeks. But I, but I will also back Baker up with someone else just in case, but I think he's going to be fine this year in fantasy. Jay Staubach7 asks, Joe Mixon or Odell Beckham? For me, just because of the running back position, it gets very thin. I've always been a uh, no running back, um, a zero running back strategy kind of player. Take a couple wide receivers and then load up in the middle rounds. But I've done some mocks this year, and they running back position gets very, very thin very quickly. You're looking at a Kenyon Drake or a Philip Lindsay or a player like that that you're looking at your number one running back, and I don't want to have that happen. So if it's me, I'm going to go Joe Mixon over Odell Beckham. I have Beckham more of a second-round pick where I have Mixon a late first-round pick anyways. But uh, just for the running back and how thin he gets in drafts, give me Mixon over Beckham. Dan the Man 2004 asked, where would I take Kareem Hunt in an eight-man league? As I talked about earlier, I think we need to lower the expectations of, of Kareem Hunt. People think that he's going to come in right away and become a 50-50 um, at the least a 50-50 split with Nick Chubb. I don't see this happening. I think Hunt is one of those players that he succeeded in the Chiefs offense because of the offense he played in. I think he's a decent player, but I don't think he's as good as he was in Kansas City. Remember, the running backs in Andy Reid's offense absolutely explode in his offense. They are PP monst- PPR monsters in that offense. And I think Hunt is one of those players that maybe he was a little better in the offense than he's going to be anywhere else. I think he's a fine talent. I think he's a player that if you take Nick Chubb, maybe you do handcuff him with Hunt just in case. But then again, if you do handcuff him with, with, with Chubb and it is a 50-50 split, what are you going to do? Are you going to start Hunt? Or are you going to start, start Chubb? You're likely not going to want to start either of them because they're 50-50. I think it's more of a 70-30 for Chubb. That's going to make Hunt not really a, a, a big play, especially in an eight-man league where the, the eight-man league is so thin. There's better players out there, better talent out there. You most likely can hunt off the waivers down the road and if someone wants to draft them let them draft them and you can take one of the better players instead of hunt in my personal opinion yeah it's campa ass is kittle a boomer bust this year as i talked about i loved kittle last year and i still love him this year i think kittle is a fantastic player i have him in a couple dynasty leagues and i'm looking forward to the for the future with kittle just because he, he has a connection with the quarterback and now we get jimmy garoppolo better quarterback in that offense um, to throw the ball to Kittle. I think we're going to see bigger things out of the offense, and it's going to start with Kittle in the passing game. I'm not super high on any wide receivers there in, in, in San Francisco. Kittle is the main man there in the passing game, and we continue to see it this year. He's going to be the number, a top three tight end this year, in my opinion, and I think he's going to be number two ahead of Ertz behind Kelsey. 
But as I talked about, other players that I do like are Trey Burton, Noah Fant, Mark Andrews, and I absolutely, absolutely love Vance McDonald's. I talked about a lot earlier. So if you can't get a top three tight end, don't reach for them. Don't go after them. Take one of the value tight ends and get similar value. But, you, but you're able to also fill up your wide, receiver, wide receivers and running backs instead of having to take an early tight end early in your drafts. Fernand asks, David Montgomery, is he worth a fourth-round pick? I absolutely love David Montgomery. I think he is going to be the lead back in Chicago. I think we can get him as a uh, going as maybe a top 20 running back right now, but I think he has a chance to finish as an RB1 running back. That means he's going to be one of the top 12 running backs, in my opinion, maybe at the end of the year. I think he has RB1 upside for maybe getting it as an RB2. I'm looking at taking uh, Montgomery most likely right around the late third, early fourth round, uh, in my opinion, right now. But that may move to the uh, early, the mid-third, depending on what we start to see with the Bears in the camp on how they're going to use Montgomery. With no Jordan Howard, obviously uh, they have Tariq Cohen there still, but I think Montgomery is the better running back there. He's going to be the ground-and-pound guy there, and we know the Bears are going to want to run the ball with their defense they have in Chicago, and I think Montgomery is going to put up solid numbers, and he's just going to be a running back. I like Montgomery over Josh Jacobs this year in fantasy. The fantasy coach asked, if you have the number one overall pick in a 12-man league, who are you targeting in the second and third round? Picks 24 and 25. I love this question. I love strategy questions. I love the uh, this question over like the this guy or that guy. It, it, it makes you kind of think and kind of plan things out. These kind of questions I do love to, to hear. So if you have these kind of questions, feel free to send them to me. And, and once we get the uh, the mastermind chat going, all that's going to move to that. And those kind of questions you can ask on a mastermind, and I can kind of give you my replies and my answers. Um, in much more detail there than I can on Instagram. But this kind of question I love. So let's go ahead and jump and talk about it a little bit. Assuming you're going Barkley, Zeke, or CMC with that first overall pick, um, I'm going to be looking likely going running back wide receiver with the 24-25. Some targets you might want to look at are Derrick Henry, Marlon Mack, Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones at running back. And maybe at wide receiver you're looking at Amari Cooper, Kenny Galladay, T.Y. Hilton, Mike Evans. That's going to be a nice trio to start with. You're going to have one of the stud running backs to start the draft. And then you're going to turn it around with one of those combinations. That's a nice combination to start your draft with. Then you can start looking at the lottery tickets later in drafts. And, and you can use some of those lottery tickets maybe to, to improve your quarterback position or improve your tight end. Or maybe you pair a couple of players to get a top-tier wide receiver. That's why you take those lottery tickets. A chance to maybe uh, look to maybe move players down the road. And I think we're going to look at someone like Aaron Jones being drafted maybe in the third round this year, late second, early third round this year, as maybe moving into the first round next year. I think the, the Packers' offense is going to be dynamic. I think we're going to see a healthy Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. And we're going to see Jones getting uh, the ball in the, with this new offense, this new coaching staff out of the backfield a lot more in the passing game. I think we're going to look at Jones as possibly a first-round talent this year, next year. And we're going to be able to get him at uh, late second, early third round value this year, but finish with like an, uh, one of the better running backs in fantasy. Um, and moving forward, he might be a first round pick down the road. So that's what I'm going to look at. So I'd go running back wide receiver. I'd go either Henry, Mack, Fournette, Jones, and then also go with the Cooper, Galladay, Hilton, Mike Evans, those, one of those kind of players. If I had my pick, I'd probably go Aaron Jones and Cooper. I think Amari Cooper is going to ha- improve on his, his play this year as well. If you're looking for upside and what you want, like, uh, tremendous upside 
obviously T.Y. Hilton has tremendous upside in offense, but he's also injury prone. He also has those uh, those bad games in his in his repertoire. Obviously, Cooper does as well. And keep an eye on Galladay. Galladay's a player that I think can uh, really start to make a name for himself this year, especially if we see Matthew Stafford play a little better this year than he did last year. But if I'm picking, um, if all those players are there, I'm likely going Aaron Jones and Cooper with those two picks. So this wasn't a question, but what if you're sitting with the twelve, the number number twelve overall? What are you going to be doing at thirteen and thirty six? This is where, in years past, I would normally say going zero running back rule. And if you're not familiar with what zero running back rule uh, strategy is, um, we have a, a, a podcast that talks about different strategies, and I kind of go into detail on what zero strat- zero running back strategy is. What it is is you're, you're looking at taking wide receivers and tight ends early and taking your running backs in the middle of the rounds and trying to hit on those lottery tickets. This year, I don't think it's a great strategy to do just because – if you don't take one of those running backs early and you go running back, if you go wide receiver, wide receiver, and even maybe go wide receiver in the third round, or maybe you go running back in the third round, you're still going to be looking at a lesser number one option at running back, and it may hurt you down the road. So if I'm doing that option, I think I'm going to be going more of a wide receiver, running back, wide receiver strategy. I'm going to take like a Julio Jones or Juju Smith and pair him with a Mixon, Chubb, or Gurley with the 12 and 13 pick. <coughs> Excuse me, and then taking a wide receiver later in the draft, like a Cooper, a Diggs, a Cooks, I'd rank him in that order at number 36. Most likely, Cooper's going to be gone at 36, but uh, Diggs or Cooks upside is there for both those players, and I think they're both great players, good players to have on your team. But I, I, I wouldn't go the zero running back rule. I would definitely try to get one running back um, there out of either your 12th or 13th pick, and I think you're you're safe looking at like a Mixon, Chubb, or Gurley. The injury fear for Gurley is kind of getting out of hand. Yes, I think there's, there is a fear there, but I don't think it's worth seeing Gurley drop to the late second, even the middle of the second. I don't think it's, it's, it's giving him the, the respect that Gurley has. I mean, if he's going to fall to the mid-second, late second, whoever's there and that can take Gurley is going to get great value for Gurley. He's going to put up first-round numbers, I think. I, I still think he's going to be the, the top talent in, in, in the Rams' offense. And, yes, we're going to maybe see – uh, um, Henderson get a eight twelve touches in the game, but even if Gurley does miss time, I don't know if it's going to be um, Henderson getting the backup. I mean, I still think Henderson's going to have the same impact that he has on the team with or without Gurley. So most people are going to are going to be uh, backing Gurley up with Henderson, which I'm going to do anyway. I'm also going to do that as well. But I don't know if that's going to be the way the, the Rams do it if worst-case scenario, scenario does happen with Gurley and he does miss a significant amount of time. I don't think it happens. I think Gurley is going to be fine. They may limit him a, a little more. Maybe he's not going to get the 90% of the touches that he got last year. Maybe he's not going to get 80%. Maybe it's closer to 70 75%. I'm still fine with that with Gurley. Gurley's going to still put up monster numbers. He's not going to be able to keep with the... Um, the the he's still, he, he's not going to be able to do the likely the touchdown production he had last year to start the year. He was on a torrid pace. That's going to go down a little bit, but we have to expect that this he's going to get similar yards, similar carries, similar opportunities, and I'm going to be fine with taking Gurley late first, early second. And if he falls to me in the mid second, mid, late third, I'm going to laugh at the rest of the league and say thank you for giving me a great talent this late. A lot of strategy questions coming in, and so, so let's talk a little bit, of, um, a little more about that running back. As I talk about the the zero running back option, 
what you're doing there is you're taking with your first two picks at least, if not your first three picks, you're going wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, or maybe you're going wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end, or you're putting a tight end somewhere in there, but you're waiting on your running back positions for the middle of the drafts. In years past, I love that strategy, especially if you're sitting with the <coughs> excuse me. Especially if you're sitting late in your drafts. If you if you're sitting at like the 10, 11, 12 pick, I love the zero running back strategy and taking a handful of lottery ticket running backs and hoping that you can find a combination that works for you throughout the season. It's worked for me in the past. I just don't see it happening this year. Running backs mean more, especially the stud running backs, just mean more this year, and they're starting to make their way back to that lead role where they do so much, and they do so much out of the backfield. So I want to get one of those lead backs. I want to get a... Ideally, I want a number four pick. I want a top four pick. I want a top five pick. But if, even if I'm getting a late first-round pick, I'm still going to likely go running back with the first round and maybe come back and go wide receiver in the second round just because I want to make sure I have stability at running back. And if I'm sitting at like the early round where I'm looking at like uh, picks one through five in the first round, I may be looking at taking three running backs and going with the robust running back option, going with a three stud backs, and then maybe I could take one of those stud backs and turn him into a better wide receiver later on after the bye weeks are done for me and I can turn around and make a trade for a running back needy team that maybe went with the zero running back strategy and get one of their star wide receivers. All of a sudden you make your team better. You're two stud running backs. You turn around, you flip a couple running backs for a stud wide receiver and all of a sudden you have a much better team. That's the way I'm going to look at it there. I'm going to try to look at maybe take, making trades for the wide receivers later in the season, but I'm going to be going running back heavy early in drafts this year in my opinion. Obviously that may change as we injuries happen and we start to see some running backs happen but right now, the way I'm looking at it, the way I'm doing mocks, it's kind of a scary situation to go zero running back rule and not going after some of the stud running backs early because it just gets so thin late in drafts. Driz Zero asks, where will Devontae Adams go in a 10-team league? I have Devontae Adams number one at the wide receiver rankings, in my opinion, this year. And I think someone's going to take him around 6th, 7th, overall. And I have no issues there. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, yes, I said I'm going to likely go running back, but I have no issues taking Adams or Hopkins or Julio Jones in the first round because of the players they have, because of the talent they're going to get, and then going running back in the second round. I have no issues with that as well. Personally, I'm going to go running back, then wide receiver, but if you go vice versa and you get an Adams or you get a Julio or you get a Hopkins, I have no issues with that right there in my opinion. Gramps asks, with the fifth pick, half PPR, is it Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell, or a wide receiver? For me, if you have the fifth overall pick, it's none of the none of those three. I'm going with either most likely Kamara or David Johnson, whoever's left there. I have CMC, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, David Johnson, and Kamara as my top five. And I'm going to take one of those. Whoever's left, I'm taking that player with that fifth overall pick, barring it's not a keeper league, obviously. If I have to pick between one of those three, if, so let's say it is a keeper league and one of the, and those five are taken, so that's why you're looking at these players at the five spot, I'm most likely going to go Le'Veon Bell just because, again, because of the running back position being so such a needy position and being so thin late, I'm going to go Le'Veon Bell, and I talked about why I wouldn't go Gordon earlier in the podcast. Tom Priestley, 1988, asks, who's the top D in 2019? When do you go defense? 
I've said it in the past, and I say it numerous times over and over again. Unless your is your league is a gets a ridiculous amount of points for defenses, you use your final two picks on kicker and defense. I'm trying to get rid of kickers completely. I just don't like kickers. I'd rather have a flex spot than a kicker spot. But being in leagues that you have so many years uh, that you've been in, uh, doing this for so long, a lot of people are still stuck with those kickers, and they like the strategy of having a kicker. So in most of my leagues, I have to pick a kicker, and I'm using those last two positions, those last two rough spots for a kicker and defense, and I think that's, that's the best way of doing it. My number one defense overall is going to be the, the Los Angeles Chargers. I think the Chargers are going to be a, a, a great defense this year. They play in the AFC West. They get to play the Broncos, the Raiders. Um, yes, they get to play the Chiefs, who have one of, the, one of the best, if not the best offense. But they get to play the Broncos and the, Char- and the Raiders four times a year, which is usually good for decent uh, sacks and turnovers between those four games. Um, but again, I'm not going to be taking the defense until my last two picks, and I'm guessing the Chargers are going to be gone by the time that happens for me. Alec Gold one asked about Philip Lindsay. Personally, I think I'm going to wait a few rounds and go with his teammate Royce Freeman. I think Freeman is going to be one of the players that we're going to see make a jump this year. <clears throat> Last year, we looked at him as being maybe the the back to have in Denver. He struggled to start the year, and right off the bat, we saw Philip Lindsay have a great week one, and then he just continued to roll each and every week. The undrafted rookie out of uh, Colorado, local uh, as a Bronco fan, being a local boy, it's kind of nice seeing uh, a, a local like Lindsay have success for the Broncos. But I think if I if I'm looking at between the two, I'm, I'm going to go Freeman just because I think you can get Freeman a few rounds later, and this and the values are going to be similar production between the two. I think best-case scenario we're looking at for Lindsay is we're looking at 50-50 time split, and I think there's a chance that we see Freeman get more carries. And we see this, Denver. I've said it in the past, and people kind of look at me funny when I say it, but I think this Broncos offense, we're going to see a lot of the, like the Saints did with Kamara and Mark Ingram in the past, and the, what they're going to do this year with Kamara and Latavius Murray. It's going to be a lesser version, obviously, because no one matches what Kamara can do in the, on the field because Kamara is one of the better players in the league. But I think Lindsey has that similar kind of production kind of that, that he can do, and Freeman can do similar things that you can do from uh, a perspective of Mark Ingram did, or that the the the, the Saints are going to look at Latavius Murray doing. So we're going to see a generic version of that Saints version for the Broncos with Freeman and Lindsey, and I can get similar value out of Freeman, in my opinion, a couple rounds later than where Lindsey's going to go in drafts. So that'll do it in the on the podcast. Again, we have our draft kit available. Please go onto the site and sign up for our draft kit. Help us dominate your league. We will help you dominate your league. We thank you for all the support. We got week one getting ready to start here in just over a month. Make sure you guys go on before it's too late and sign up for the in-season packages. We have, um, we, we have the packages available for... Uh, weekly basis or if you want to buy the entire season we have the entire season packages for both dfs and season long leagues let's dominate these leagues this year in 2019 let's bring home trophy after trophy love hearing the feedback on how i helped you guys last year hopefully we continue this year and i can't stress it enough guys um find someone that you trust someone that has success i have that success i've done it in the past i i have success in this and i've 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 shown that i that i take it serious and i put the work in so hopefully it's us that you guys follow but find someone you guys that you've trust follow them listen to them and there's plenty of people out there so kind of be, be careful on who you guys are listening to because there's plenty of 
of uh, accounts out there that maybe aren't going to put in the, the same kind of work. We're going to put in the work. We're going to help you guys win this year. Let's dominate these leagues. 2019 is our year, and we're going to continue to get better and better, move this thing, and uh, build this brand, and help you guys become better players in this fantasy football world. Give us a follow on our social media platforms. On Twitter, we are at I'm sorry, at Twitter, we are at Fansports Genius. Our Instagram, we are Fantasy Football underscore Genius underscore. And as always, if you're looking for our website to, for all the different um, rankings, for our uh, premium articles, for our free articles, everything that we have, podcasts, everything that, that we have on the website, we are www.fantasyfootballgenius.com. Thank you for listening. Hope you guys have a fantastic day. Listen to the news. Enjoy the, the football that's on the TV, that's on everywhere. As I'm looking right now on NFL Network, we're watching the Steelers training camp. Football's officially here. Season will be here before we know it. Let's dominate those leagues, dominate those drafts, and continue to bring home those trophies. Have a great day and a great rest of your week.